Welcome to Here's the Catch, the most tech-savvy podcast on the air. We were briefly, we were momentarily the most blessed podcast because we had no technical difficulties, but then it turned out we did and we just had to resolve them. Well, I'm actually going to counter that because the last couple of times I've had to edit, I've had to drastically change some volume, but now that I figured out how to do that on the front end by being super tech-savvy, we're actually, once again, just the most blessed podcast ever. Uh, and it's a it's a work smart not hard situation. Well, a hundred percent work smart not hard. That that might be our motto more than anything else. You know who's working smart not hard? Uh, and I, I wasn't even planning to get into this, especially not so early in the day. Alex Smith guaranteed seventy one million dollars to have oh, a broken leg. That man. Now people think that he is was in a lot of pain. Might might never play football again. Like all these things that are you know can be perceived negatively. But spin zone, the the man is rich just sitting in a hospital bed right now. No matter what happens to him, he just made $71 million. Good job, Alex Smith. Come on the pod if you're not busy, and we know you're not. Yeah, we. I mean, he's 100% not busy, so he. there's no excuse for him not to be on this pod. Uh, today, after, after we've been gone for a couple weeks, sorry about that, school has been hectic. It yes. actually will continue to be very hectic. It is final season. More hectic. Um, and we've got NFL, NBA, college basketball, regular basketball. We're going to do something a little fun with something you've never seen before for the draft. Oh, yeah. This is unique. As always. And we've got this or that. So, of course. action packed. All right. Action packed. Let's get into it. Here's, Here's the, the catch. catch. We've been catch. gone so long, but now we're back. Better and singing is even better. Tiger is not as back as us. We are more back than Tiger. Catcheroo. Ooh, catcheroo. I've I've actually been tossing a roo onto the end of a lot of words recently. It's kind of been just something I've been doing. I don't know. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for telling the pod. Yeah, thanks for telling I mean, I we got a lot of fans out there. They got to know that that's cool. Aru, Aru, look out for a roo. Trend, trending right. way up is, is Aru. Also trending up is Rue from uh, Winnie the Pooh. Why is that? Because Aru's back. So if you got to pick yeah, one Rue, it's things. like the, the, the um, like, uh, Roosters. Roosters are back. Rue, uh, uh, like uh, Rue the Day is back. Which, I bet you. I bet you if you tried right now, you could just solve Rubik's Cube. Ooh, that's facts. But don't try it. Well, I, yeah, I won't. It's too easy for me. It's all the Rubrics, time. for sure. Uh, because Rubrics are kind of getting me right now, honestly. So I, 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 can't, I can't claim. Back. Oh, they are backer than back. That's true. But we're uh, not happy with it. No, it's a, it's a negative backer than back, but it still counts as, a, as something. Yeah. Um, so first things first. I think we're going to record this, edit it, and post it all before the Saints-Cowboys game tonight, which wow. means we can make predictions. That, this is a – we are back and back. Okay. If not, it's safe because I'll just edit out our false predictions. Well, I, I'm I'm confident that we're, that we're going to predict this game correctly. The Saints are going to win. Okay, wait. So that's, that's why I brought this up. At the risk of sounding like an idiot, this feels like a trap game to me. Because, because the Saints have played some good teams recently and fucked them. 
Uh, yes, and I know this isn't how statistics work, but the Cowboys three-game win streak that that feels like hot, right? That's a hot team. The Saints are on a ten-game win streak, which feels unsustainable. It's like at some point you lose. Oh, second second point. This could be the game where the Saints score every possession, but what if the Cowboys just have the ball for forty-one minutes? And Ezekiel Elliott just runs for five yard gains. Well, I, well, I was watching Sports Center today, and the Saints are holding opposing running backs to like twenty five percent of their season average on the on the ground. Uh, that is good consolation. That makes me feel better. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. That was my final point: is that weird things happen on Thursday. Well, weird things do happen on Thursday, and the Cowboys are home for this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outdoors. Let's check the weather in Dallas right oh, now. Oh, although, although I will say this though, I will say this: weird things should not happen on this Thursday because both they teams have had rest. a full week to prepare yeah. for the game. It's also sixty-five degrees and like clear skies in Dallas, so that makes me feel better. Um, I will also say this: the Cowboys' win streak has come against a reeling Eagles team. The Falcons, who can't figure out if they're good or not, and, and that's like a every well, year the type thing. Well, just like ignore the, the end zone. Is there? That is flies. true. That, they're a big 20-20 20 to 20 team. And then the Redskins, who are broken. Yeah, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put a giant asterisk next to that uh, three-game win streak and say that the Saints cover their seven-point uh, spread. Your seven point spread that started the day as seven point five has been bet down. So trap oh, game. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm still not going to go trap game. Yeah, you made me feel better about it. The thing but is, I'm a little worried. If betters know that it's a trap game, then the Saints know it's also a trap game. And once you know it's a trap game, it's the same That's thing as like Notre Dame versus Syracuse in in, in college football. Yeah, we're like, like a- everybody had circled this game as a trap game for so long that it was just not a trap game anymore. It was just a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Traps don't work if, if the opponent knows exactly what the trap is and where it's located. Exactly. Except that one time in Star Wars when he said it's a trap, but oh, then it still worked. That's true. That 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 still worked out. All right, so we're gonna go to go to the analytics on. Uh, Actually, how, wait, it didn't work. How gravity? Said it's a trap and then they won. The good guys won in the end. Oh yeah, because so the- but well, but but he was still in the trap when he right. knew it. the trap worked, but they overcame the trap. So that's why I like it. But there are know, the some trap game. games that the that the like the better team still wins. It's just like they win by only like two points instead of the fourteen that they should have won by. Like right, I, and then that's that's where you're like the trap worked a little. Like it, the trap much. worked for Vegas in that case because like the, the the Saints succumbing to the trap game would be not cover not covering seven points against the Cowboys because they're yeah. way better than the Cowboys. Agreed. We'll get our st- we'll get our stat department on that. Well, it, it all depends on how gravity affects it, I think, because like the whole Star Wars example got me thinking about the whole Earth versus other planets and how traps work in in different places. So I'm 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 gonna keep mulling that one over. Okay, yeah, you 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 do get on that, and uh, we'll have results for you soon. I'm gonna do my final stat memo in class is gonna be about whether people with different horoscope signs are more likely to do drugs. I'm very excited to see if there's any correlation uh, all right and uh, are you like polling people like hey no there's, there's data on, it, on people's birthdays and their drug use and if i just pe- take people right at the cutoff like between the 19th and 24th right where their horoscopes shift 
I think I think we're gonna find some some major shit. Hmm. I actually kind of yeah. like that. It's gonna be cool. All right. Um, don't do drugs. So playoff races, NFC East related to the Cowboys. Skins tied with the Cowboys. Go Skins. Uh, there's no chance that the Skins win this division. Well, I agree. There's no chance at all. Like not not so even can, not even kind a of one team race between the Eagles. Who aren't? The, they're not the Eagles of yore, but they look okay. Yeah, they, I mean, play the Cowboys. They were not your friend who is one year older than you's Eagles, but they're still a football team, and in the NFC East, that is enough. Yeah, that could be sufficient. How many times left they have against the Cowboys? Just one, but that'll be a huge game. So they, circle that. They have one against the Cowboys, and they they, they get to go two and zero against the against the Colt McCoy led Skins. Yeah. Although they, they they do still have the Rams though, and somebody else tough, I think. Let's see who the Cowboys have remaining. And Texans. Well, they, they have the Rams and the Texans. The, the Cowboys still have uh Eagles, Colts, Buccaneers, Giants. That's oh, a fairly yeah. easy schedule too. The Colts are the only one like Yeah, can, Well the Colts and the Eagles are both up in the air. They should win the other games. If you assume both the Cowboys lose to the Saints and the and the Eagles lose to the Rams, then it just yeah. It's just one game for, yeah. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. But that is, I think, the best divisional race at this point. And then yeah. Bears-Vikings is the other one to keep an eye on. But at least the loser of that one will get a wild card spot. Correct. Correct. Yeah, the, this one's for the playoffs. Uh, as far as wild card spots, are you given, like, between the Seahawks and the Panthers, who are you giving the second one to? Seahawks, I think, because they're hot and they now own the tie break. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter of games is just next level. Yeah, he's been lights out this year. He's he's clutch again. And the Seahawks are – they started off so bad. They still have a super suspect O-line, but they've somehow figured out how to establish a, like, very legitimately good running game. But they do the this – well, the, the running game they don't do every year. But the suspect O-line – Russell Wilson being clutch, their defense is good. They do every year, regardless of who they have. Well, you know who they don't have is Earl Thomas. That's true. So maybe a little, uh, I don't know, maybe he was overrated. Ooh. The, we should get the Earl Thomas is, is overrated slash washed thing going. That, that really fits in with the rest of our takes. So. Yeah, but well, imagine if he gets a Super Bowl ring on a team that he just absolutely despises right now. Yeah, the, 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 he better wear his Super Bowl ring on his middle finger. Yeah, I mean, it would only it would only be fitting. Yep. Um, okay, uh, Browns versus Hugh Jackson. That was hilarious. Like, I don't really have anything to say about it. There's no new takes. It's just hilarious. Yeah, and the Browns won, which is you know what everyone was rooting for, and then came to fruition because Baker Baker's a beast. Baker is a beast. Um, Browns are at the same record as the Packers right now. People forget. Yeah, people forget. That's what the the fact that we just said without even skipping a beat that the division race is between the Vikings and Bears and the Packers are basically out of it is is pretty phenomenal. Yep. People would not see that coming. They had the third best odds win the Super Bowl coming into the year. Yeah. I saw that somewhere. That that I mean, that's, that's nuts. That's a testament to how good Aaron Rodgers is, but this year, like, if he's anything less than spectacular, the Packers are a shit show. Correct. Um Less than spectacular. He's merely been super, super good. What are your thoughts on? So the Ringer post posted 
an article this week that I thought was pretty funny. It was like four plausible reasons why Aaron Rodgers is not playing that well. Because like, he's not. His stats, his stats are actually like very average, very mediocre for the season. One of mm-hmm. them is Mike, like Mike McCarthy is just that terrible. One of them is Rodgers is washed. Because apparently he's actually, like, his numbers have not been elite for the last four years, which is, like, I didn't, I didn't really know. Yeah. The third one is that he's intentionally tanking to get Mike McCarthy fired. I like that, but and, I don't and, really. And, and they, they, they kind of got into the weeds on this one, and I, 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 re- I came out of it as, like, a big believer, actually. But can't he just get McCarthy fired without tanking? Well, can't he just go but, to but – but he's he's like spoken out against moves that the front office made and that like Mike McCarthy made multiple times before, and and like that also plays into the like why he was so injured and yet still playing narrative. Other than just like he's a like a monster, but because if he sits out half the year and then they miss the playoffs, uh, and then that's not like McCarthy's you can't fault. you can't fire McCarthy because like his quarterback missed half the year. That's that's nobody's fault, but. Now he played, and they're still going to miss the playoffs, and he's unhappy. So, I mean, McCarthy is a foregone conclusion done. But they were saying that Rodgers needed to play through it in order for that to happen, and that's why he did. Interesting. I, I, I'm a fan of any conspiracy theory, so I'm We, we, are, we are a big conspiracy theory podcast, but that one— you said it was the fourth? That was the third of three? Yeah, I, I totally forgot what the fourth one was, but the, the, the washed <laughs> one and the, and the throwing one were the two that intrigued me. It they, could they, be that his wide receivers are not very good. No, that wasn't it. Because, like, Devontae Adams is definitely good. Yeah, Devontae Adams is definitely good. Well, uh, I, I have a theory. Okay. If we're, if we're talking conspiracy. The bird teams, we, we mentioned the Eagles and Seahawks are a bit resurgent. So you're, you're looking at flying teams playing well and teams that end in Urs, Packers, Steelers, Chargers that don't really have an, an attachable noun like an Eagle or a Seahawk are playing badly. Hmm. So that's just a trend to keep an eye on. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that. That might influence my betting this week. We'll see. Yeah, look, I'm gonna have to pull up whatever errors are there. But all three of them, like the both the Packers, no, sorry, the Chargers and the uh, Steelers lost to the Broncos. Broncos clearly, you know, an animal. That's true. So maybe it's the animal teams dominate Raiders. Hmm. Raiders, terrible. Raiders are terrible. That's true. Bears are not nerd teams. They escape. Yeah, I, I don't know why. You oh, Panthers. Bears lost to the Seahawks, so definitive. Panthers lost to a bird. Yep. Jaguars, pretty close to an herd. County. Yep, that is very close. Uh, all right, that checks out, actually. We just, I, I looked at all the teams. That, that checks out. What about the Ravens, though? The Ravens are kind of bad. Although they have won two in a row. They've won two in a row with Lamar Jackson. Yep, you're right. Uh, ooh, but the Cardinals, though. Mm, well, there's an exception Exception that proves the rule. Uh, yeah, okay, that, that doesn't totally work, but I'm, I'm, I'm about it. I'm about it. Uh, question, then. What happens when the Chargers play the Steelers this week? Uh, well, somebody has to win. That's just how that works. Yeah, or tie. It, it could tie, but I, I think more likely just somebody has to win, and that's just it, – it, it, it's just too bad. It's just a sad day for the NFL. Okay, so that's that's what we have there. We had a Gronk sighting last week. He scored a touchdown for the first time since week one, which means the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. 
Uh, yeah. Maybe you should debut this because you gave the take over the weekend. Oh yeah, like the, so. There's just no reason at all that the that the Pats should win the Super Bowl. Like there's so many good teams, good offenses, well, great offenses, great teams, like defenses, exciting coaches, exciting quarterbacks, just points being scored all over the board. And the Pats are obviously therefore going to win the Super Bowl because it's because they just aren't the best team this year. Yeah, they and they no they will exactly. Yeah, agreed. So lock that in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Like the Pats did not win when they were eighteen and zero, and therefore locked into winning the Super Bowl. So they have to win it this year. Right. Uh, and last, Redskins helped their image problem by signing Ruben Foster. Just genius level move. By the Redskins. Okay, so uh, so spin zone. So spin zone. Um, this was actually an Ernie Grunfeld move. Tell me more. So everyone knows. Well, I, I oh I did I give this take on the podcast yet? So the, the so the, the the Wizards are reverse tanking right now. This is a separate issue. The Wizards are reverse tanking, and I'll explain to that more probably in the in the basketball section. But we're we're trying to establish as much dysfunction as possible in order to accidentally be bad and have a good pick in this year's draft mm-hmm. while still having good players under contract. And getting Reuben Foster just anywhere in the DC area is like can can do nothing but help the Wizards in their mission of being bad. Oh, interesting. So I, I thought you were saying it was for the Redskins. It's for the Wizards. It's, no, it's, just it's, it's for the Wizards. It's for the Wizards. But, but he plays on the. But he, he, he he's obviously an NFL player, so it, it wouldn't. It, even Ernie would not feel comfortable with his job by signing a NFL player who does not play basketball and got arrested three times. So he needed to have the Skins do it just to get him into DC. Got it. Uh, did you see Doug Collins went on the radio, I think, either today or yesterday to justify the Reuben Foster signing and basically said, well, yeah, he's a shitty person, but like other people have done worse things. So that's, you know, small potatoes. Uh, that was I, a- I, I, I actually did see that. I did see that. I wish that they had just made the signing and then not said anything about it. I wish they hadn't made the signing at all. Well, OK, yes. Sorry. No but, but like. Given that the signing is outside of our control, I wish that they had just signed him and then said, "We're going to leave this right here and just have the media kind of like shit on us, like like shit on us." But just yeah, oh, totally rightfully, but then not like because justifying it is honestly worse. Yeah, just defending the decision is like surely sure to go wrong, sure to backfire. Yeah, and it has. Um. All right, so yeah, that's good job. Good job, Washington football team. Bungling are as no one else can. Yep, we're we're it's it's a great squad for a reason. Okay, uh, now we've got our three quarters of the way through the NFL season awards, and why are we doing it now? Who knows? Because the time Just is cause. right. When it's right, it's right. Uh, okay, so our uh, oh Roy oh so all of these by the way are acronyms. You're gonna to have to follow. Like, you just have to keep up on the acronyms. But I'll okay, I'll yeah. do the first one for you, just to just kind of lead us off on the right foot, right? O'Roy is the offensive rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley, obviously. Yeah, I say next next award. We don't really have to explain that. Yeah, the, but, yeah. The, there's no explanation needed. D'Roy, defensive rookie of the year, goes to Derwin Derwin James. Uh, uh, defenders don't have stats. 
as notable as offense players, but he has been far and away the best well, defensive rookie. I, I, I actually think that defensive players just don't have stats, period. They just go out there well, yeah. and they like, hit people with the crown of their helmet over and over again, and it's just like an eye test kind of thing. Well, he does have, like, Derwin James has, like, some amount of quarterback hits combined with sacks, combined with tackles for loss, combined with passes defense that no other player in the league has, yeah, which is I'll, one of them. See, I'll, all, all of that seems way too analytics. I, 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 yeah. I would, I, I would challenge you to find a defensive coordinator that wants, that wants numbers anywhere near him. Yeah, but basically, what it boils down to is he's a starting safety, and a very good one on a very good defense. So he yeah. wins defensive rookie of the year. Yep. All right. Uh, Depoy. Yeah, just trust us. Depoy, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Again, uh, nobody's really going to dispute that. Nope. MVP. Uh, this one, some people they're like there will be a little bit of discussion, I, but I think there'll be a lot of discussion. Uh, well, actually, not. I I think it depends on how the season ends up, but I, I could see this one be being pretty controversial. Although I'm very much on board, and I think that like I, I think he's definitely the odds-on favorite. I think he's beyond like as in terms of a career achievement award as well as the season he's having. I think Drew Brees is like it's his to lose certainly, and he could lose it, but I would be shocked if he underperforms in the last four weeks yeah because I, I, I i am i am very very happy that he's gonna get one so that, just like i'm i'm happy about that all right oh boy isaac and i did disagree on this one i've got pat mahomes i think just too electric of a player too much buzz he's a quarterback and because of all of those things I, i'm giving him the offensive player of the year well, I have Gurley for this one for the reason that he's not a quarterback, and that's basically how this award goes. He's the best non-quarterback. His team is 10-2. 10-1? 11-1? 11-1. Yeah, 11-1. Yeah. His team has an excellent record. He's mm, he's a little bit the engine behind it, a little bit a function of the system, but the voters don't know that. And he's putting up absurd numbers again. Plus, if he wins and Donald wins, that gives them – they will be the first teammates to win back-to-back Opoi and Depoy together, which is cool. And I think people know that, and I think they want it to happen. See, my thing is that Mahomes, like Mahomes in another year, when like if if Breeze did not have the whole like Lifetime Achievement Award thing going for him and was having even like slightly worse of a year, like, in other words, if he was like a less perfect MVP candidate, then I think that he would be the MVP. And because of that, and because he's not a rookie, even though he's kind of a rookie, like they're they're gonna find a way to give Mahomes an award, is where I'm at. So, and like Opo is is the only one that he can really win, I think. And it would be it would be a deserved award. I don't think anyone would be too sad for Gurley if Mahomes took this. No, but yeah, I, I, agree. Just, think, I just think generally this award doesn't go to quarterbacks. All right, uh, so S boy, that is the scrub boy of the year. I've got his humanist, Hugh Jackson. Uh, not only was he like the worst coach ever for the Browns, he's now the worst coach ever in Ohio. And he lost to the Browns. So like his, his net win-loss for the Browns is just incredible. And the Bengals are terrible, and his quarterback's injured, and it's just it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's, and the Browns like stomped on him in pretty – hilarious ways like they disrespected him on top of just beating him with the handing him the football and then baker mayfield kind of shat on him refused to give him the post-game hug as is courtesy yeah so it's good 
it's he's he's a scrub for sure. What's great is that like yeah, he's a scrub, and everyone on the Browns who are one of the worst franchises in sports over the last twenty years, if not the worst, like think that he's so far below them that he's worth disrespecting. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, this is that's this is low. A, that's really low. My scrub boy of the year is Blake Bortles. I'm sad to do this because I just learned he's my birthday twin. His birthday is April 28th. Oh, that is sad. Aside from that, he's been really bad. He got benched for Cody Kessler. The Jaguars have lost eight straight, seven straight, uh, and he's a lot of the he is a lot of the problems with that offense. Yeah. He's just he's playing very poorly. He's bad. I I'm stunned that the defense isn't better than it was though because. It's not like he was good last year. He wasn't good. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He's never been good, and they he somehow bamboozled that front office into giving him an extension. I think what we learned from the Jaguars is that, and the Eagles to some extent, is that teams with crazy turnover margins like aren't sustainable. Defenses just don't carry from year to year the same way offenses do, because takeaways are, at some level at least, random. And once the defense started being just a little less dominant and Bortles can't give Bortles is putting them in bad field position, et cetera, et cetera. Like that team is bad if the defense takes just a step back. And they did. Yeah. Yep. Uh okay, I've got the Ueoi now, which is the underachiever of the year. I've got Le'Veon. I I I actually respect his decision to sit out the entire year, but I'm sad that my eyes did not get to witness him on a sixteen like 16 times this year yeah and he did underachieve as he had he was i don't know like the second overall pick in fantasy drafts and didn't didn't play a snap yep uh my underachiever of the year is eli's backup i don't even know who eli's backup quarterback is but since he has not been able to supplant eli that makes him an underachiever in my eyes even for a tanking team like you throw out your backup quarterback that's a pretty surefire way to tank and get get someone some minutes uh the next award the if away, this is for the like what if of the year. Mine is the Broncos signed Kirk Cousin in the offseason. Because now that the Broncos are kind of a hot team, their defense looks like the defense that won them the Super Bowl. Peyton Lindsay's been a nice surprise. If they had an above average quarterback, that could be a really good team. That could be a but really good team. It's, it's too bad. All right. My uh my my if away of the year is the 49ers stay healthy. Nobody doubts how good a coach Kyle Shanahan was. But uh, losing Jimmy GQ early uh, early on, losing McKinnon in the preseason, losing even the backup quarterback, beat hard. I'm pretty sure they lost some other people. I, I don't even know. The, the point is that they're they're really injured. Yeah, they had no receivers at one point. No yeah. receiver. Just the, a team I mean, that were, could be such a nice story is instead just one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the NFL predicted they would be a nice story. They gave them all those primetime games, and then they didn't. They didn't. Were not able to perform up to expectations, and a lot of that is due to injury. They were something like one and three, one and four when Garoppolo went down. But they looked like a respectable team, and now they're kind of a dumpster fire. They lost to well, they were watchable, yeah, and like they were the kind of team. Well. They were like the Broncos were before they before the Broncos won two or three. Yeah, in a row. The hot, that's a great comparison. Like they were kind of fun to watch, pretty competitive in every game, and just like couldn't win close ones. But now they can't keep them close because everyone's hurt. So in other words, like they could be the Broncos, but instead they're just terrible. But maybe it's the reverse tanking strategy. They'll get a good pick out of it. Yep, that's true. 
Uh, okay, now we got the soy, the soy sauce of the year. Uh, that that is the stat of the year, sauce of the year. Mike Gasecki, he's a tight end for the Dolphins, second round pick out of Penn State. Has 18 receptions on the year, something like 150 yards, but he has attempted he has attempted hurdles on eight of those 18 receptions. So there's like a 40 percent chance on any given catch that he's airborne. Yeah, he he is awesome. He's one of our podcast favorite players for that sure. Definite, definite. I, I I'll tell you who is not washed, and that is much that is Mike, Mike Sicky. If Brady tried to hurdle people on forty percent of his carries, then I would I would also think he is not washed. Yeah, but Brady can't, you know, get moving enough to hurdle people. Brady Brady trying to run is is one of the funnier things in sports now too. It, it is. It's it's got it, it's gotten really really high up there. Not bad. Gasicki, by the way, he has eight attempted hurdles. I might want to say none of them have been successful. No, one of them was successful for sure against the Bears because when I was googling this, I saw a bunch of, a bunch of clips of him highlighting uh, one of the Fuller brothers. His offensive coordinator said, "Like when he catches the ball, we need to have him stop trying to jump over the first tackler every time." Well, the, uh, there was another clip I saw, which is where he caught the ball and had like kind of like maybe a yard short of the first down on third down. And if he had just like ran forward, like the defenders weren't that close to him. If he had just like ran forward, he would have gotten probably two, three yards past the sticks and like easily would have gotten it. Instead, he like ran kind of sideways at a defender, yeah, tried to hurdle him, and then got tackled because he didn't hurdle him and was it was a fourth down. So well done, Mike Gasicki. We're rooting for you. Uh, my soy, uh, my secure the bag of the year was John Gruden who is making $50 million per win. And uh, you can't argue with those numbers. That's a work smart, not hard type of move. That is an absolute work, work smart, work hard type of move. Huge Gruden fans in this podcast. We've, I for sure called he was going to be terrible, but if you're going to be terrible, you might as well get paid $50 million per success. Uh, yeah, so that's actually that's a good segue because Gruden being the worst coach in the league was one of our best takes of the year. Uh, our next award is the T-Coy, which is the terrible call of the year. And I'm going to give this one to you, Cameron, because you predicted Kirk Cousins would be MVP. Yeah, this is, this is deserved. He, he most certainly is not. This he is... has been supremely average. Well, he's been exactly what Kirk Cousins has been for the last five years and will continue to be for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, the holdout worked out. Whatever he did worked out. He got, he got his money, and he, got on, he finagled his way to a contender. It's just that they didn't quite do their due diligence on Turk on Kirk, and yeah. he's really not an elite quarterback. Correct. Um, although, ooh, I will say this though, and well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of doubling down on a terrible take right now, but we've seen many many examples of uh, of an average and actually much worse than average quarterback just going on a three four game run in the playoffs and then winning a Super Bowl. Like you know, Joe Flacco has one. Yeah, Eli Manning and he has, has to be two. Worse than Kirk to do that. Nick Foles has one. But what I'm saying is, like, you, Nick Foles can have, like, could theoretically have a four game stretch in the playoffs where he's actually legitimately good and gets one ring and then is bad. Mm, counterpoint: I think you have to be an ugly quarterback to do that, and Kirk Cousins is not so bad looking. But the, like, it's Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. 
Nick Foles. Like you gotta be, you, you gotta mean, look like, like a doofus. Physically ugly, but but here's the thing: Kirk Cousins might not look like a doofus, but he is a doofus. Like, did you see his limp arm dance that he celebrated a touchdown with earlier I this did. year? And the the whole you like that thing is is dude. That, cool, that, that's doofus central. It's not cool. It's just doofus central. I mean, did you see the the audio of of his pregame hype speech against like when the Vikings Packers or something that. like that? All right, so definitively though, Kirk was a terrible call. I, I still think he might win. Like he might find a way into a Super Bowl at some point with a good enough team around him. All right, now my terrible call of the year though. This is back, I think, like week five, maybe. Um, Eric, who has been on the pod before, huge Bengals fan, so we were watching the Bengals game on an illegal stream. So we had the Bengals like home announcer. And the the call from this man was so Andy Dalton threw a horrendous wobbly like end over end pass to like Tyler Boyd or something who dropped it, and he said, "Now those are the types of passes you actually want because when it's spinning like that, there's more surface area to catch it." Wow, that's a terrible call. That's <laughs> like that is actually. Potentially the worst take I've ever heard in my life. And this is coming from the person that said Kirk might win MVP. And this is also a man who is paid to watch football and say intelligent things about it. Yeah. Take. Number, yeah that's one, like, number one, the physics doesn't check out because the surface area is the same. True. And number two, true. that's just not what you want. Although, to be fair, this man does have to watch Andy Dalton play 16 times a year, so he may not be used to what quarterbacks look like. Or he might just be like deranged a little bit. His head might not be totally on the right way. Well, yeah. to be fair, the, you know, the whole uh, definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, and this is the same organization that has Marvin Lewis. So, like, Good point, yeah. So I think we... We have now figured out the reason for that terrible call, but it was it was a terrible call. Yeah, it was definitely a terrible call. Uh, we now have the all twenty two exposed uh, A T T E O Y the all twenty two exposure of the year. Oh yeah, um, this is basically our way as a podcast to let you guys know we're gonna be Patrick Mahomes haters. Yes, and we That's are. When we went. Because we love you guys so much, we went to a Browns game. We went to the Browns-Chiefs game where the Browns would employ a questionable strategy of lining up two defenders to cover three Chiefs receivers. Like Consistently. consistently. A, a lot. This a lot. And like on probably 40% of pass plays, this would happen. Yeah. The Chiefs would line up. It would be Watkins, Tyree Kill, and like Chris Conley on one side of the field, and they would just have two people could cover the three of them. And then like a deep safety maybe, but like, jet, like it was terrible. And we could see all this because we had our nice nosebleed seats. We had the full. We could see all 22 players on the field. And we confirmed from that from that elite viewpoint that Mahomes has wide open receivers and sometimes misses them. I would say well, often misses, misses them. Misses them often. I mean, sometimes he, he has two or three open receivers and he hits one of them. But he very frequently would have open receivers and just not see them on the field. So – Basically, Andy Reid is a genius with the scheme, and like the the weapons around Pat Mahomes are insane. No one's doubting that. But Mahomes is a product a, a, a product of the system with a big arm. So he's basically like Josh Allen, except on the Chiefs. 
Yeah, okay. that, that's how we're going to talk about him from now on. He, Pat Mahomes is Josh Allen on the Chiefs. He's not very good. Uh, and Andy Reid is. Andy Reid's the MVP of that team. Yep. Andy Reid taught Tyreek Hill everything he knows about running in 40 About running, that's true. Uh, also, Andy Reid's definitely in the work harder or work smarter, not harder phase of his career. Because um, he knows that he doesn't really need to run anymore. Which, by the way, talking about coaches running, the LSU game that we watched when Coach O had to run, like do like a 30-yard dash over and over again to call timeouts in overtime. Yep. That was yeah. that was awesome. That was awesome. He, I mean, he was quick, right? He did well, but he just took a long time to slow down. Well, he, he was slow with the start and slow with the stop, but I actually thought it was a good fundamental stop, like very much butt down, like choppy steps. Mm-hmm. Um, get get out of the break quickly. So you know, if Coach O already thinks he plays every Sunday or every Saturday, but now he. He's proven to be able to do it. Yeah, he's he's athletic enough to to still mix it up with the boys. Yep, hundred percent. In after eight overtimes, twelve oh, yeah. overtimes. Yeah, thirty-seven overtimes later, it's it's just Coach O against himself. I think they're still playing, right? The, that game has not I think, ended. I I think that Coach O actually, after every game, even if it does end, just goes out and plays overtime by himself, just because yeah, he, he like, misses the game. The himself, plays defense against himself. Yep. Yep. Just love. He he also consistently targets himself too. Yeah, he just hits himself in the head with his own head somehow. A, a lot, like pr- pretty frequently. But he he would never call a targeting call. Well, that's, no, that that's just good football. If yeah, you if you call it if you call a targeting penalty, then that's that's just soft. Now we've got the uh, worst eight game win streak of all time, oi. So worst eight streak eight game win streak of all time of the year. Uh, uh, that's the Texans. The Houston Texans have won eight games, but they, I think they're kind of bad. Yeah, I don't think they're good. They're not bad. They're fine. But they're not but they're good. Not, they're not eight-game win streak fine. Definitely this is not. not a team that should be able to win half of the NFL season in a row. Correct. But they did. So. Although, to be fair, the Skins did that too with RG3. But the Skins were sick. That's and true. The skins was... were sick. And we had Alfred Morris. The Texans do not have Alfred Morris. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we are not an opinions podcast. We are a facts podcast. We are a facts podcast. Um, all right, so my worst eight-game win streak of all time, Oi, and this is actually a little bit cheating on two fronts. Number one, because it's not in the NFL, and number two, because it's actually a 10-game win streak. But the Sabres have won 10 games in a row in the NHL. Uh they were, came into the year as like a sneaky sleeper pick, but people thought that they would get marginally like compete for the playoffs better. And instead, they're definitely a, a, a year ahead of schedule, and they're like near the top of the Eastern Conference, which is which is really fun because they've got some fun players, and it's been a while since they've won games. But they've won ten games, and nine of them were, have been by one goal. And if there's anything I know about analytics, it's that that is unsustainable. So that they were pretty fortunate to even win like six games and instead they've won ten in a row. Well, I mean, counterpoint, maybe they're just clutch. That is a fair counterpoint. I, I so we'll see how they end up this year. You know well, you know what the Sabres are? Is they're an Urs team spelled 
the safe way is R-E-S well, rather than E-R-S. Spelled the Canadian way, I think. Yeah, but the Sabres, I guess, are immune from the Ur's curse. The yeah. Chagres are not. It, well, the, the Chagres would, would never be, would never be, would, ne- would never have the nuts to, to spell their name R-E-S. Right. And they also don't have the fans. They don't have fans. They don't have People fans. If, 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 if they had some fans, then then they can maybe change the R and the E around and be a good team. But instead, instead they play 16 away games every year. And have an ERS at the end of that. And our last award, the could Bama beat this team of the year is the Cardinals. That's that's the award annually awarded to the worst team in football. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals, Cardinals and Bama would would just rock them a hundred to zero every time, over and over again. David Johnson, uh, he went. I, I can't remember where he went. Northern, to. University Northern, of Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa or something. The, that team wouldn't wouldn't even be on the What's same that? field as Bama, so surely the Cardinals also would not be. Uh, and I think that's that's all we got for NFL for now. We'll yep. we'll see how this Saints Cowboys game looks, but fortunately we covered both our bases on predicting both teams to win, so we're pretty safe. Yep. Uh, 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 real quick, an elite podcast college. for nothing. Oh, sorry, what was that? We're not an elite podcast for nothing. Yeah. Never said the boys ain't elite. Um, college football, it's not looking great for UCF. Basically, the only way they get into playoff now is if Oklahoma Georgia and OSU loses. Safe. And OSU loses to Northwestern, not so safe. And Oklahoma loses to Texas. That but could then, happen. That last one could happen. That could happen. I, I really – like, they won't, but I really hope they get in because having – just four four and O teams would be just pleasing. It would also be cool if they just don't make it, go to a bowl game, win that, and then they have two straight undefeated seasons and can claim to be national champions again. Oh, without playing in the playoff twice in a row. Wow, actually, you know, so that might be their best that's round. even better. That's actually even better. And like they'll probably just go twelve and O next year too, because they Cause still play. Not? The same, yeah, same level why not? Again. Uh. I hope that they play like Michigan in in the bowl or something. Oh, and just rock them. Rock them. Yeah, that'd be cool. That if if John Harbaugh loses or Jim, Jim. fuck it. If one of them loses the UCF, if the Ravens lose the UCF, then they're both getting fired. <laughs> if one of them loses the UCF, they both get fired. Yeah, I I do yeah. I did I did say at the beginning of the year, Harbaugh potential hot seat look, and now people are kind of catching up to that. So. That's another good take for me, I think. Yeah, part of my take made had a good take this week, which was, like, Harbaugh is slightly on the hot seat because you have to win that game against Ohio State at some point, but they have, they're not going to hire anyone better than Harbaugh. So for that reason, he's safe. Hugh Jackson, maybe. But he, I guess, yeah, maybe yes, he moves one state over, lift the Ohio curse. What about uh, Marv Lewis? Marv Lewis... So, something tells me bad college coach. Well, a lot of things tell me bad college coach, but which one are you thinking of? Uh, I don't know. He just, for some reason, exceptionally bad college coach to me. I'd rather have Hugh, because at least Hugh is kind of aggressive and loud. Marv, too chill. M- Marv is too chill for college. That's fair. He needs some spunk to be a good college coach. He needs some spunk. Marv doesn't have enough spunk. He's more of a Bengals coach. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, true words never said. Other than that, Bam is going to win. That's all I've got. Yeah. Okay. That, that's all I had for college football as well. Bama will win because they always do. Yep. Uh, Maybe Joe will play a fourth quarter, but probably not. Surely he'll get one in in the national championship game just so they can but probably not. Like, run up the score and win by 55. Eh, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Okay. Uh, now we got basketball. So we're doing something different, as we alluded to, as we hinted at, as we teased in the beginning of the, in the, beginning of the episode. Isaac and I are going to draft our like all-time starting five, except just from this season. So like our this season yeah, starting current. five. Uh, but it it's it's a similar vein to our like top ten. Yeah, because it'll end up it'll shake out to being the top ten things in all all basketball adjacent top ten things. But, but it's a draft. Now. It's a draft, and it's positions, and they're going to go head to head on uh, which report live on Friday for pay per view for nine million dollars. Yep, mic'd up. All right. You, you start us off, Isaac. And we should probably do Snake, right? So I'll do one and you do two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Snake. Okay, so I think my first pick, and I'm going to at my center position, which is the backbone of the modern NBA, I'm going to go with the rights to avoid all things Dwight Howard, which is a really good pick. Yeah, Dwight yeah. Howard, just, I just don't want to talk about him. I don't want to deal with him. The new thing is just a whole new thing. And uh, I want no part of it, so that's my number one pick. I mean, you can't, you can't, definitely cannot argue with that. Uh, so my number one overall pick. See, the key there is that you also, like Dwight Howard's always on a team, so almost by default, he has to be on mine now. So since you've avoided him, yeah, true. I got avoid all things Dwight Howard. So you, by extension, your locker room is destroyed. But yeah, my, my locker room's fucked. All right. Well, so I, my 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 first pick is going to be Zion Williamson because. The dude is an absolute tank, lighting the entire basketball world on fire. Yeah, do you um, want to shit on RJ Barrett a little bit? This is your chance. Safe space. Uh, no, because I'd rather he make mistakes now and kind of get worked on with Coach K. Yeah, he, he he's still he's still an elite player. Like he's still phenomenal. Oh, no question. He, but like, at at what point does the Duke student body start turning up against him a little yet, getting impatient? Like, okay, look. well. Once, once we lose in March, then then we'll get impatient or like lose multiple ACC games. But it, meanwhile, we just get to watch Zion dunk and like block balls straight down, like ninety degrees straight down into the into the floor, over and over again, which makes it easy to forget about RJ. I mean, also you look up at, at the scoreboard and like, like RJ played poorly against Indiana two days ago and still had like 21 and eight or something like that, 19 and eight. So like, it's so good. He, he just has to figure out that when he's in the lane, he, he's allowed to pass the basketball, even if there's not much time left on the clock. Yeah. I think he's just not used to having, like he's always been by far the best player on his team and now he's not. Yeah. So like at this level, if you beat your guy off the dribble and you draw the second defender, like you did good, you did your job. Now you lob it to Zion. You don't have to score over two guys anymore. Correct. Which, which he's still, yeah, exactly. But now he tries to score over two guys, and he's not like you know he can't do it because it's two guys. Okay, my my second, uh, my second pick for the center position is going to be Kansas because can because centers are the dying breed 
of the NBA and therefore disrespected. And similarly, Kansas has been disrespected twice by the AP poll. They, 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 they were the preseason number one, and they have not lost, and they've been jumped twice by teams like that went from third to first. Or actually, Duke went from fourth to first, I think, the first time. So the, the disrespect for the Kansas Jayhawks and their 5-0 and record, including a very good win against Michigan State, in the season opener is is very real, the same way that centers the top five team. So you've got an elite college squad here. You've got Kansas and Zion. Uh, I think to counter that, I will draft with my second pick, DeAndre Hunter, which kind of gives me the whole pack line defense, the the nemesis of any college basketball program. And uh, he's he's a beast. He's lighting it up. He had a near triple double, which you know we can just count as a triple double. He dunked yesterday. UVA players don't dunk very much, so that was remarkable in its own right. He dunked Man, twice. How 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 wildly different is he, he Zion in, in in any given half versus the UVA basketball team? Yeah, UVA basketball has been on the SEC top ten like three times ever. And, and DeAndre Hunter, they, they've all been defensive plays, also. Correct. It's just shot clock violations, but DeAndre. <laughs> He's getting ready to lock up Zion. He's what does the UVA like pregame hype video look like? Is it, is it just a shot clock that counts from 30 to 0 and then goes off and everyone goes nuts? Everyone goes nuts? Yeah, basically. You know, we at JPJ, we track shot clock violations. So like when one happens, they put up on the board, third shot clock violation of the year. And we go nuts. That, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but I'll tell you what's not exciting. That's like it, it was brand new this year. Like we we didn't do that last year, and then the first game of the season we got a shot clock violation. Then they put up first of the year. And I was like, oh, let's go! It was our first of the year. I never would have known that. I couldn't have counted that high. Well, how many do you have right now? Maybe five, six. I mean, one per game is pretty solid. I think Duke has like maybe two, but like like I said, only only nerds count stuff like that and do analytics. We just throw the ball 13 feet in the air, and Zion catches it and dunks it. Yeah, le- legend has it if you throw a basketball high, high enough, Zion will just swoop in and dunk it. it he, he he plays to the level of the basketball, the way that... like The, the Redskins tie. Yeah. Every... The Redskins are 25 and 25 over the last 50. Yeah. Uh, that is, he can dunk anything if DeAndre Hunter isn't there. The, the ultimate Zion blocker. Yeah, I, I will give you a lot of money if DeAndre Hunter swats Zion at the rim. Okay, deal. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, and my pick will be Giannis because he's the front runner for MVP, and now he's on my team. So take that. He's having an awesome year. I guess via Kansas, you kind of get Joel Embiid, who's the second place MVP guy yep. right now. Yep. But I'm the first place, so I win. Uh, we'll see. So at point guard, I've got Steph because him being injured and the five-game losing streak that the Warriors had and just like the general kind of shenanigans that they were going on there, just reminded everybody, not that everybody really needed reminding, but just reminded everybody how ridiculously fucking good Steph is and how important he is to that team and how Kevin Durant's a bum. So good for Steph. Oh, this is another example of work smarter, not harder, because he's sitting out and increasing his yeah, stock simultaneously. 
yeah, he's building his case for MVP by not playing that as a work smart. All right. I, the whole I was thinking about drafting, being careful with your superstars because Steph not rushing back, like Kawhi skipping back to backs, Anthony Davis sat out that game that we went to just to be rude. But uh, that's been a trend this year in the NBA. We're being careful with our players. Ooh, but not relatedly. This is just a brag. Uh, I went two and zero on betting uh, Pelican Wizards games this year. Because uh, you bet Wizards and then Pelicans. Yep. I mean, Pelicans minus six at home against the against the tanking against the reverse tanking Zards. But you, you bet against the Zards, which is pretty fake of you. I mean, if we're gonna lose by twenty one, I might as well make money off of it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and you have another pick after Steph. All right. Uh, at shooting guard, I'm taking our trade of the year. As far as I know, it's been the only trade in the, in the NBA, but. Trade of the year, Kyle Korver goes to the Utah Jazz for two second-rounders and Alec Burks. Uh, I actually am kind of sad about this move because my boy Grayson Allen was, like, one step out of the rotation, like, consistent DNPs at shooting guard already, and now with Korver, like, you got, there's three white snipe shooters on that team, and Grayson as a rookie is just not going to get any PT, so I'm I'm kind of unhappy about it, but I, I I still got Corver on here as being the trade of the year candidate right now. Which is a pretty unexciting trade. I, I might have even taken Markel Fultz trade rumors over Corver actually being traded. Uh, well, Although, what about Fultz, Bradley Beal trade rumors to the to the Lakers? I don't think those are officially rumors yet. That's they're, that's they're definitely rumors. There was a there was a there was a uh, article on ESPN's homepage. That's when you know it's. That's a, that's a rumor, not just chatter? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, let me think. I guess to guard Steph at point guard, I'm going to draft Mike Conley's value contract. People used to shit on Mike Conley for being the highest paid player in the NBA. But here the Grizzlies are sitting pretty at 12-8, and eight, a playoff team in the, in the juggernaut of a Western Conference, and Mike Conley playing like a true superstar. And the best ability is availability. Well, so the, the playoff that's not like Conley is. The, the the playoff seeding is actually much less important than the fact that they're gonna convey the first round pick that they owe to whoever the fuck they owe it to, probably this year, instead of letting it get actually really good. Cause they've got a first round pick that's currently like top twelve protected and then goes like top eight, top five, top whatever one and then unprotected and right, but if they play their way out of that they're, they're only getting worse probably because they're they are a very old team that like it needs to tank but they want to convey that pick now get that off the books tank. then yeah. suck then get actual good players so yeah look at that mike conley not only a good basketball player but a genius yep um and my what's this my last pick yep yeah. last pick Rounding out my team that, for the record, starts uh, Mike Conley and DeAndre Hunter at guards and not Dwight Howard at center and Giannis at small forward. <laughs> the only thing to make this team better is Mo Bamba. My starting power forward, that is the song, not the basketball player. But uh, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba's my last pick. Mo Bamba is very long. Coming soon to a college party near you. I don't know if you've heard it yet. but It's a, it's a real riser on the charts, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Sleeper song. That's my sleeper pick. Um, discover weekly favorite, Mo Bamba. 
Okay, my, my last pick to counter uh, the fact that you have no Dwight Howard at center and therefore no true centers, I'm drafting a second center. And my second mm-hmm. center is the Kings because they have like 47 centers on their roster. But they were also supposed to be horrendous and they're just not. They're like 500 in the West, which is actually pretty good for a team that should have been terrible. So let's job, Kings. And it is very Kings to have two centers. Yeah, so they, although they don't so, have enough playing time for Marvin Bagley somehow. Well, he's a sixth man. He's he's still getting his PT, like seventh man maybe. He's second overall. You you kind of like to see him start. Okay, so I've got so it is Steph, Kyle Korver, Zion, the whole entire Kansas team, and the Kings versus Mike Conley, DeAndre Hunter, Giannis, Mobamba, and no Dwight Howard. Let us know who you think wins in the poll. Uh, yeah, and that's, should we just get into trending? Yeah, let's go to trending. Uh, let's let's flip a coin. You want heads or tails? Uh, well, for sure, tails. Tails, you you are correct. Okay, so, and we're gonna start up trending up. Uh, Durham area restaurants. Mrs. A, Heather, the mom, mother, the mom, Mamaroo, Mamaroo, rolling into town tonight, which means just. Dinner's on her on deck, which means restaurants on deck. So shout out Durham for the restaurants. Have you picked which restaurant you'll be taking your mom to? Uh, no, not yet, because it's not parents' weekend, so they won't fill up anyway. It's not not really a problem. So game time decision. Yep, for sure. All right, and my trending up. This is going to be crazy, but my trending up is trending down because Cameron and I decided we're kind of sad this week, and we're going to go with three trending downs and just one trending up because of final season. Okay, so on that note, great segue, Isaac. Trending down is weekends because this is the first weekend of the year, really, that I won't get to treat it as a true weekend. I've got to kind of grind all day Friday and Saturday and probably some of Sunday, hopefully watch some football. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've, I've got some got some projects, got some assignments, some papers all yeah, coming absolutely. up. So. And if you can't enjoy your weekend, weekends are trending down, trending down for yeah. everyone. Uh, my trending down is business. That's because most people do their holiday shopping whenever whenever the day after Thanksgiving happens to land and Christmas. That's when you do your shopping. This year, Thanksgiving was as early as it can be. It was November 22nd, so they have the longest shopping season, which is great for business. That means it can only go down from here. Next year, it'll, Thanksgiving is November 28th, maybe? The last day maybe? Uh, I mean, well, no business in America will go bankrupt if they can't turn those holiday profits. Well, we don't. I don't know how the whole leap year affects when when the when the Thanksgiving is. All right, I'll I'll check right now, and well, we'll remember have that, that for you. remember that this year was a leap year. Uh, next. Yeah, it's November twenty eighth. It's late. That's a whole week of shopping that people can't do. That you just can't spend money, then I think. Doesn't yeah. that how it works? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, All so right. my second turning down is the U.S. Climate Report. The so slight slight politics for you here. The administration released like a climate report, basically saying that we're all fucked by twenty thirty. And that we're all beyond fucked for the environment, which is awesome. Great news. And then uh, <laughs> Trump said, I still don't believe the climate report, even though it was the U.S. government that released it. But 
whatever. That's that's not worrying at all. Um, and but it's trending down because it was pretty fucking cold yesterday. Ah, so, so it can't. Yeah, right, so global warming. Can't be true. Got it. Uh, I actually have a similar trending down. It's the Earth because while scientists were publishing that report saying that the Earth is going to end, they also landed that spaceship on or drone or something on Mars, which means he, here we come, basically. Oh, uh, destroy the Earth in 2030, and then I'll go live on Mars, which will be probably pretty fun. What What if we put just Dwight Howard on on Mars? What, like, is 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 the Earth's only problem right now that our like collective locker room is getting fucked up. <laughs> collective locker room that's toxic earth locker room culture. Maybe. So if uh, we can get like Ruben Foster, the tension Dwight between Howard. Bradley Beal and John Wall and Dwight Howard all like not the two of them, just the tension between them, and then Dwight Howard all sent to Mars, then we're good again. I think so. I, we should probably do like an all locker room team at some point on this podcast. All right, we're, but we're, Dwight Howard is for sure on there. Yeah. All right. So coming soon to a podcast, though, coming soon to this podcast near you or on the Internet, however you see it, um, is going to be the all awkward team. But in, in, in the meantime, think about uh, like a, a five man spaceship construction. Yeah, okay. Who you want on your five man spaceship that's going to Mars? All right, uh, trending down, my last one is Wake Forest. The ACC Big Ten Challenge just finished, which ended in a tie, which is too bad. But there was 14 games, and the ACC has 15 teams. And the team that was so irrelevant that they weren't even worth including in the ACC Big Ten Challenge was Wake Forest. Even to break a tie. Even to break a tie. Like they, they could have had like a gold and black game because those are the colors, like a gold-black game, and that would have decided the tie, but instead they just weren't even worth including. Yeah, so trending down Wake Forest. I have a similar college basketball-themed final trending down, and that's Bull Bull, uh, the 7-2 son of, what's his name, Minute Ball? I don't know. Whatever. He's 7-2, he's on Oregon, and I just have a feeling about him that I don't like him. He shoots, I always see highlights of him, has the highlights, just launching threes. Seven foot two people exist on this earth to squish people smaller than them, not to shoot long range shots. Threes. I, I, I actually kind of like that. What? Well, what I'm excited to see is him and Kristaps go at it in the NBA, or maybe be on the same team. Knicks are tanking. Ooh, now that would be fun. Well, if two, two unicorns, two players who just unreasonably want to shoot more threes than they probably should. Two unicorns on the same team. I, I don't even know what to do about that information. Could they make more unicorns? Probably. I don't know. Maybe maybe unicorns are like uh, mules in that way, and they're sterile, but we don't know yet. Sterile? Uh, all right. Uh, I'm actually pretty about that uh, About that take. Okay. That's all I've got for trending. Anything, Isaac? Uh, no, that's it. Bull, bull, trending down. Earth, trending down. All right. So this or that, we've got uh, unicorn mule babies versus... Hmm. UCF? Yeah, versus UCF, who's more deserving of making it to the college football playoffs? Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> Collective brainstorming. Yep, 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 yep. Do unicorns and mule babies have a horn, no horn, or a half horn? 
Well, I think well, no, no, I think it's unicorn babies, but I, I'm, but like as mules, so like maybe not babies. Oh, so it's like the the possibility of. Yeah, the possibility of more than anything else. Got it. Hmm. Well, unicorns are undefeated. I can't think of a time that they've lost. UCF is also undefeated. Yep. For two years in a row. Well, unicorns are undefeated for like all of the years in a row. Yeah, good point. UCF has to live in Central Florida. Unicorns could live anywhere or nowhere. Yep. Blake Bortles went to UCF. That's a negative. That's a negative for sure. Uh, like the oh, like Kristaps got the Knicks in onto the Christmas Day games last year, whereas UCF can't get themselves into anything important. Okay, good. What's uh, UCF's mascot? This this could be informative. The oh, Golden Knights, right? No, wait, Pegasus. Oh my God, it's a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually? Well, uh, uh, well it's Pegasus, Pegasus is, is not a unicorn, but it's yeah, but like it's close. A flying horse versus a unicorn is what we're looking at. It's also nitro. It's a it's a knight. Well, like the one that is it, so is it is it the Central Florida Pegasi? Maybe they just call him UCF. They've got to have a nickname though. It's the Knights. It's the Central Florida Knights. So it's a knight that rides on a Pegasus. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself, I feel like, is a, is a strong claim for UCF. Yeah, because they, they have domesticated the Pegasi. Yeah. And Peg, Pegasi are better than unicorns. Like, Ooh. if you could choose between having a horn and flying, you'd fly. Well, yeah, I see your point. I, I feel like unicorns can also fly sometimes, though. Ooh, uh, so I, I just searched in, can unicorns fly? And what I'm seeing here, uh, the first website is unicornsrule.com slash can unicorns fly. Not all flying unicorns have wings, but all unicorns can fly. However, not all unicorns have horns. That's not true. What they're called unicorns. Well, I'm just telling you, yet all the horned unicorns in the show can fly. Well, not all flying horses sport horns. Oh, flying horses. Uh, I'm going to just Google unicorns versus UCF. Utica unicorns. You think they ever played? Uh, they never played. I guess because Utica is not a D1 school. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where is Utica located? Where is Utica? New York. Okay, so... Uh, New they have a zoo. New York versus Florida. But upstate New York. Well, ooh, within the region referred to as the Mohawk Valley in central New York. So it's central New York versus central Florida. Hmm. Should we just call this one inconclusive? <laughs> uh, yeah, th- th- this one might be inconclusive. That's the first like, one that's ever stumped us. Unicorn Babies versus UCF. Uh, yeah, we, we can't sell. So uh, one, one, one last point is that Nobody would target a unicorn slash if a unicorn targeted a UCF player, the UCF player's dead. Good point. Like leading with the crown is an actual viable play. I'm looking at the CFV selection committee because we're seeing who would make it and just seeing if any of them have any dead giveaways on who they would prefer. Frank Beamer, Virginia Tech, ex-head coach. Mm, Ronnie Lott, remember him? Nope, who's that? He used to be a football player. <laughs> Rob Mullins is the chairman, and he's the Oregon athletic director. That seems like a conflict of interest. Well, 
here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Well, if he's the Oregon athletic director, then he definitely is going to get unicorns because Bull Bull fits into that category. And if Bull Bull plays for Oregon, then he's locked into the unicorns. Also, UCF has successfully completed two entire seasons undefeated, including beating Auburn in whatever the fuck bowl they beat him in last year. And they're still like definitely not in. So the, surely the Unicorns can have no worse of a chance of getting in than UCF. Okay, I like that logic. Should we, should we lock it up with that? Yeah, let's lock it up. Yeah, okay, so Unicorns for sure locked. They've got the whole uh, leading with the head advantage. They've got, They've got the, the in on the selection committee. And they're better than Pegasus because they can fly and have horns, whereas Pegasi only have the Pegasus. Although UCF has domesticated a Pegasus, so it's they could. Yes, you're convoluting it again. We were we were getting somewhere, and now yeah, we're back. But uh, I, well, I'm I'm not gonna I, I'm gonna say that like the unicorns are gonna win on two sides of the ball, and even though the UCF might win on special teams, that they won't they won't win the game. Okay, and well, like they can domesticate a Pegasus, but not a unicorn because if That's they could have, if what, they would have, then they would have domesticated a unicorn. So actually, this battle has been played out somewhere in the history of UCF, and Unicorns definitively won it. So yeah, okay, game over. Game over. Good job, us. All right, so definitively, Unicorns greater than Pegasi in order to 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 get to lose to Alabama in the first round of the college football playoffs. Uh, that's uh, all I've got yeah, for this catch show. You next week. Catch you sometime. Peace out. It'll be next week. All right, peace out. Go Hoos.